0: Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner non-stop Now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station For a round-trip super skyway tour Here's to the future
1: Here's to the future and you
0: Please stand clear of the doors Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas
2: Let's listen to the land we all love
3: Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land.
2: Listen to the land. Olay, Olay, it's show time. WW Radio, your information
0: station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 718. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community at www.radio.com slash clubhouse, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, I sit down with two Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo guides to learn everything you wanted to know about river cruising, including what makes these voyages unique, from the ships to ports, excursions, guides, adventures, and the Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo differences. We also look at what makes our upcoming WW Radio Nat Geo Expedition on the Danube to the Christmas Markets this December extra special, what to expect, and why you should join us. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week and more updates and your voicemails at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. There's nothing like a Disney cruise, or is there? Beautiful ships, exotic destinations, immersion in culture, world class service, amenities, dining, learning opportunities, and incredible memories. And I'm not just talking about a cruise at sea, but an Adventures by Disney or Nat Geo river cruise. For an experience that is a true adventure, you can set sail among Europe's most magnificent rivers, past storybook villages and iconic cities and landscapes all while exclusively sailing on a luxury river cruise. And if you've never taken, or even heard of, a river cruise before, you're not alone, because I hadn't either until relatively recently, until I learned about what Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo had to offer, and I was instantly hooked. And so this December, we, our WW Radio family, are taking our first, probably not last, Nat Geo Expedition group adventure, on a Danube Christmas Markets River cruise from December 9th through the 16th. And we are going to set sail through the heart of Europe on the Danube River, visiting destinations in Germany, Austria, Slovakia, and Hungary, visiting the Christmas Markets for an experience that I am counting down the days until. But before going on what I know is going to be an amazing adventure, I wanted to learn more, and I wanted to share what I learned with you. Not from something that I read or something that I saw online, but directly from a Nat Geo and Adventures by Disney expert and guides. So here I am in Germany, the Epcot Center version, as close as I can get for now until December, with Janae Champeau and Hunter Robinson from Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo. Good morning. Thank you for being here and welcome.
2: Oh, we're so excited to be here today.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having us.
0: I'm super excited, and as we, were, as we were getting here, we were chatting a little bit about Germany. You were starting to set the table a little bit of what we are about to see, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I want to know first a little bit about you. I want to know, I want to know the sort of the Janae and Hunter origin stories because your experiences with Disney and Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo span a very long amount of time and have great stories as well. So Janae and Hunter, share a little bit about your story first.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I'm a military brat, and so I've literally traveled my entire life. Uh, when I was two months old, we moved to Japan, and that just started my love of travel almost from the womb, right? Wait, <laughs> what
0: part? Because I absolutely love Japan.
2: <laughs> no, Okinawa. Okay. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And my dad had multiple tours of duty there, so we just kept coming back. And it was a it was a great way to grow up. And when I was in college, I saw this bright orange sign on the, the student center wall saying, come work for Disney for the summer. And I thought, well, that's weird. And <laughs> (laughs) And that's when I found out about the college program and... I just thought, well, this will be a fun summer job and that was in 1995 and obviously (laughs) it just kept coming back as well and I I absolutely loved it and then when Adventures by Disney began in 2006 officially I thought, this is amazing, they've created a section of the company just for me Oh, I get to travel I get to stay with the company that I love, this is perfect and I've been with Adventures by Disney ever since. I've been, uh, I've worked in the contact center as a vacationista I was an adventure guide um, from 2006 up until, very recently, until um, uh, just after uh, goodness, what year are we in? Business t- <laughs> up until 2020, uh, I got been in guide operations. Uh, uh, right now, I'm in trip operations as a destination manager. So I get to oversee a lot of these destinations now. So the adventure guides bring the magic to our guests. I get to help bring the magic to our adventure guides. Nice.
0: And I love the fact that that your uh, your sort of history and journey at Disney. It, it's sort of the it's the storybook thing right you start off at great movie ride right I did, did, yes. right and then VIP tour guide and <laughs> yes. so and so you did you open wishes too right
2: I did I was one of the opening managers for the wishes fireworks spectacular and so wishes will always <laughs> always have a special place in my heart fireworks are always awesome but for me wishes is just like super awesome
0: we just bonded <laughs> over Japan and wishes yes. by the way because those are, are two of uh, my favorites and and Hunter what about you
4: <laughs> Tough act to follow. Let's see if we can get some bonding. So I, um, I too, did the college program. So I actually started here at Epcot um, on the FastPass team when the original FastPass was brand new. So it was kind of a fascinating thing to roll out. And now I've been here for 13 years and see kind of the different iterations. Uh, then I actually moved to New York City, and I work for Disney Theatrical Group. So all of our Broadway and touring productions, I was in kind of the marketing and sales side of the house there. Um, got into a role helping our travel uh, advisor partners Learn more about the portfolio, talk to their clients more about the portfolio, and then really, really fell in love with Adventures by Disney as part of that experience. Um, it's how I like to travel. Um, it's a really special part of the travel portfolio here. Um, so, moved kind of in house, so to speak, like Janae, came, came inside, now marketing and sales for Adventures by Disney, and really exciting, we've added National Geographic Expeditions to the portfolio. So, you know, as someone who, who had those magazines growing up, um, what a really cool way to extend. Um, the really special trips we're able to bring um, guests out into the world and see, and in a, a unique and really just a special way, as Adventures by Disney. So, you,
0: you mentioned something that that sometimes is hard to articulate to people is what the Adventures by Disney difference really is until you go and experience it. And, and I we just came back from Italy, and I tried to share as much as I could, almost real time on social as it was happening. But there is something special, and you're right, like. Once you do Adventures by Disney, it's hard to almost not adventure and and travel the same way because there's this wonderful marriage of experiencing the culture and the locations, but you also have that that touch of Disney. There is that little bit of sprinkling of pixie dust on top, and especially when you, like, I've been to China and I've been to Japan and I just came back from Italy, um, there is this level of comfort that you're given and then, of course, the access. Again, Italy going into the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel by yourselves, like after everyone else has left. You have the other 60,000 people that have sort of made it through the rest of the day, um, there is really something special. And I hate to sort of call it the product, but about the adventure by Disney and now certainly the, the Nat Geo product as well.
2: No, absolutely. That's one of the great things is, you know, Hunter talked about. Being a part of the Fast team, that's kind of what we are, right? We're the global Fast Fast team. <laughs> because who wants to wait in line? I mean, the Sistine Chapel is a great example because you can go with 60,000 of your closest friends now, <laughs> you know, in there. Or you can actually be in there by yourself and actually get to talk and have someone explain to you what you're looking at. And have a, a truly spiritual experience in there and really be able to enjoy it and not worry about stepping on someone's foot or feeling almost claustrophobic in a decently sized space just because of the amount of people to be able to go to the Tower of London and be the first ones in to see the crown jewels and all their glory because we have that private access with a beef eater showing us the way it's it's those type of VIP access uh, as well as really the atmosphere around it it's this isn't a Ferrari safari where we're just trying to run you through everything as quickly as possible a lot of this is because of the bonding you can't have these incredible experiences with other people and not not form that bond not have that family atmosphere people probably don't go on group travel thinking I'm going to form a new family but that's that's what happens and it really increases the the value of of what we're showing you because it's not something that's static it's something that you're experiencing with all of your senses you're smelling it you're tasting it you're touching it and Everyone else is with you as well. And you just have to look to the people down your right and left and say, oh, my gosh, are we really (laughs) here? Are we really experiencing this? And it just it just builds. And all the junior adventurers start forming friends. the, The adults are forming friends. And before you know it, you are not individual family units. You're one unit experiencing the vacation of a lifetime and then kind of wondering. Where are you going to go
0: next? (laughs) (laughs) A wise man talked about, you know, it taking people to make a dream a reality. And it's true. Italy is a great, I'll just keep referring back to Italy. Italy is spectacular, but it's, it was our adventure guides, right? It was our our Disney adventure guide, Dusty and Marco, who are in Italy. But but more importantly, it's also the integration and the seamless marriage of the local guides as well. Our local guide in Rome was absolutely, I wanted to just take her with me everywhere I went. Um, I mean, all of the guides were because they really enhance the experience with the level of knowledge and and real cultural immersion. And to have somebody that you can bounce questions off of and know that you're going to get an answer. And again, it's, you know, she or he is is just for you.
4: I would just add, because you brought up Walt. You know, here we have a deep, deep legacy of storytelling. And when you talk about things like the Sistine Chapel, it's awesome that we get to go there as a small group with a fast pass. That's a huge travel benefit. But it's it's also part of the story. You're understanding the space you're in and, and the culture you're experiencing, the way it was meant to be shared. And I think the local guides, the adventure guides, our trip development team, our destination managers, there's a through line um, to these trips that really tells the story of a destination because that's something – that we do, right? We tell stories, whether it's Adventures by Disney or National Geographic Expeditions. These these two brands have been telling stories, um, gosh, for generations, right? And so you get to live that out in these places in the real world, kind of take that real world magic out there and kind of live that storytelling journey. The most important story of all, which is your own, right?
0: And every stop along the way was meaningful because of those stories, right? You're not just sort of ticking things off of the list. Although I will say our trip ended in Venice. We stayed an extra day because we were going to go to Disneyland Paris because it's like right across the street. Why not? And so the morning, the the last morning we're in Venice, I was with my my wife and son. I said, let me just look up and see the things that we're supposed to do, you know, top 10, top 20, and every single thing on the list we had already done and already done in a way that was not available if I was just a regular tourist that was going And, and it there was sort of an aha moment there that not only have we seen the things that, quote unquote, you were supposed to, but saw them in a way that you just couldn't get any other. There's no other opportunity to do it that way.
2: No, and that's exactly it, because we, we want to make sure that you are seeing What's important to see wherever you go you know if you want to go to china you've got to go on the great wall <laughs> you know you want to see the floating Tory in japan you want to be able to go and see tower bridge and the eiffel tower and you know so many important things but i think one of the true bits of magic that we create is that we show you the things that you have to see that you had no idea about you know we were talking earlier about sarah's farm in tuscany and and That is a place where you go to Italy and you think, oh, we're going to go to a farm and we're going to learn how to make pasta and have lunch. And that's great. And then you go and you realize that this is a magical place. You become part of their family and you have this incredible experience on this this little family owned farm in the middle of nowhere, Tuscany. And it is just absolutely incredible. And it's a place that you think back on the trip and you can't imagine not having been there and not having seen that but you never knew about it before. And I think, especially with places uh, that we go on our river cruises, that's something that is absolutely key. And this is one of the the joys and majesty of the river cruises, I think, because we get to go to a lot of little tiny towns. And that's where my heart is. It You show me a town with two cobblestone streets. Last major update was in the 16th century. I'm in. Yes, that's where I want to be. I And mean, who's ever heard of Rikvir or Rudisheim? I mean, who has even heard of the Wachau Valley, which is a fairly major region in Austria. But to be able to go to these places and have these experiences and kind of in a way choose your own adventure, which is a cool thing about the river cruising as well. Because you can decide what activities you want to do when uh, when we're in port, when we're at each place. And that is is huge. And you can really just kind of decide okay what makes my heart sing about this what do i most want to see but it's also kind of why a lot of people come back and do the same river cruise again and again because there are other things to do you think you pick the great greatest thing and you had a wonderful time and then you're talking to everyone at dinner and thinking oh no i gotta come back because i want to go to do this thing (laughs) and so we have folks that have gone on the same river cruise two or three times just so they can do every single bookable activity and i just think that's that's cool because just as a side note and, you know, this is, again, this is where my heart is. If you go in the Danube and you have not done the apricot farm, you need to go back. Because oh. the apricot farm is amazing. <laughs> all right,
0: wait, we're going to get to the apricot farm. We'll start talking about our, our Christmas. But just very quickly, because you touched on Sarah's farm. And yeah. somebody listening might be like, well, that just sounds like it's a throwaway thing. You, know, you look at the, we've been to the Vatican, the Sistine Chapel, the Venice, all these amazing basilicas. At the end of Our Adventures by Disney, I said, what was the, your favorite?" 99% of the people said it was Sarah's Farm. And it's an experience, again, you can't sort of, quote unquote, buy it anywhere else. But it's so memorable and it's so authentic. It was so authentic, it almost felt fake. <laughs> it almost felt like, wait, this is not, this this vista that we have just can't be real because it's so spectacular. Uh, but let's talk about river cruising. Uh, and I really want to sort of boil down to sort of the beginning and the basics, because A river cruise is very different than a traditional cruise. If you've been on a Disney cruise or, you know, another cruise line, talk about some of the ways a river cruise is different, not just in the size of the ship, but in the type of experience that you have.
2: Absolutely. I mean like I mentioned, it is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure, which is something that's different. It is itinerized travel, but um, like on an ocean cruise, when you go into port, you have different things that you can choose from. So there are some times when we all do the same activity, but there are certainly opportunities for you to be able to pick what you are most interested in and what you would like to do. And this is kind of a neat thing because the family doesn't even necessarily have to stick together. You know, if if dad and daughter want to go off and hike up to the amazing ruined castle in Dernstein, they can, while maybe mom and the son want to go for a long bike ride so you know there are different things that you can do in the morning everyone comes back kind of recoups at lunch you know discusses the morning and then maybe everyone does the same thing or switches everything up uh for the afternoon activities so i do i do think that's cool to have that level of customization that is not always typical uh, on a trip and, and also- these don't have
0: to be selected you know months in advance right these are things that you can decide to do when you get to each port
2: uh, no, you do ha- have to choose them ahead of time, but it's not a huge amount ahead of time, you know, just so we can make sure that, of course, all of our partners know how many people to prep for. Uh, uh, but it's, uh, you know, you, you do have plenty of time to kind of decide, you know, so it does have to be in advance, but it's not, it's not a crazy amount. But also one of the nice things is you can unpack you know, I, I like going place to place, but man, it's really nice to be able to actually unpack the suitcase and hang something up in the closet. So that's uh, not something you often get to do on vacation or, or when you're traveling about. And it also, I think, increases that sense of this is my home now. You know, this is my home for the week. And going back to the room is is that wonderful sense of coming back and you, you get to know the crew and they're all so lovely and amazing. And one of the big things that I thought was fun and became kind of an event for all of the guests on the on the Sailing Time time and time again is the food because obviously now you're speaking my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to what's important. It's the food <laughs> because these river cruise ships are not huge. They're not massive ocean liners. I mean, we're on a river <laughs> so you can always see, the, always see land, you know, there's no way that you're not actually in sight on both banks. And, because of that they don't have these massive huge freezers in the back or anything like that so every morning as soon as we would clear and they'd uh, put the dock out and everything we would see all the local partners vendors you know coming on board with all the food and we can see oh it looks like we're gonna have mushrooms today on something and you know what is this a lamb and you know because all the food is completely fresh they're bringing everything on in the morning in that port totally local totally fresh totally uh, locally sourced and then that's what they are making for the day for lunch for dinner uh the pastries are made every morning so everything is 100 fresh 100 uh made just for us and i think that is an incredible thing and it, it's really fun getting to watch all that come on board and realize my gosh this is Something that you know we've been carrying around with us, with very few exceptions, everything is coming on that day, and it's almost kind of unheard of. I don't go grocery shopping every day, (laughs) but being able to have master chefs make all of that food just for us is is pretty incredible.
0: And because there's only around 156 or so passengers versus 4,000 passengers, it's a much more intimate, and I have to imagine a much more personal and personalized experience because you not only get to know the other people who are adventuring with you but the crew and the staff as well
2: absolutely absolutely and i know that when we started our river cruising uh, trips that was something that some of our longtime guests were a little concerned about because like we mentioned on our standard land-based trips you do become a family you've got maximum of 40 people typically and you bond very quickly and when you've got 150 my gosh is it going to be the same but it is you're still having incredible adventures. You're still not a huge amount of, of people and everyone's still bonds. And we have a couple ways to kind of maybe move that along as well. Like every night is a junior adventure a night. You know, because the adults want to have their four or five course dinner with the wine and everything like that. Nice, you know, relaxing meal. Your average 10 year old is not going to sit for that. (laughs) And while they can join if they want to, we also realize very quickly that we need to have something for all of our junior adventurers and teens every evening. So we usually have separate areas for the teens to be able to go and kind of bond. And then we've got a giant junior adventure buffet every night. And let me tell you, when the chef on board is a 40 year Italian chef and he's the one making your handmade chicken nuggets, they're the best (laughs) ones you'll ever have. Have. they're incredible are good noodles, they right? are good the best butter noodles. noodles you'll ever have yes exactly and you know so there's a different activity every night where maybe it's a craft night or maybe we're doing a disney movie night or we're creating our own game show or something like that but it's um it still gets everyone to bond very closely and get to know everyone else and so you're not going out and having an activity with random people that you might have seen on board the ship it's it's still family and you still form that bond and that was a big thing for all of our guests and it was a big thing for us because I think that's a a huge part of what makes Adventures by Disney so successful is that family atmosphere.
0: Yeah, and, and we'll talk about a little more about um, the different types of cruisers and, and cruising with the family or cruising as an adult um, but we mentioned earlier on that, that the ships the, the river cruise ships that we're on is, is there's a partnership between Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo and Ama Waterways uh, who is really sort of the, the standard in luxury river cruising talk a little bit about the role that nat geo and abd play along with with ama waterways and sort of partnering together for these uh, river cruise adventures
4: it's a beautiful partnership so we you know as you can imagine we we looked around the industry and kind of really chose what we felt was the best partner for us Uh, janae's already talked about the food being a wonderful experience the ships are, are relatively new in fact one of the first things um we discovered was we needed maybe some ships with larger rooms or triples. Um, so AMA Waterways, when they were building their new ships, actually incorporated that feedback. So we actually can can host triples. Our suites can hold you know a family of four. Um, so that was part of that partnership as well. And and I think you know they're very open. Um, you know Janae has guided on the on the river cruises before working with their cruise manager and their crew. You know when you think about. Um, how fun our cruises are you know the the crews on their ships really get into it and it is that family atmosphere which is really fantastic um it is a full charter though so it is only our adventures by disney or national geographic expeditions guests um which really again allows us a lot of freedom and flexibility to deliver those kind of unique uh vacation experiences that we do so it's it's not just a pickup of whatever am is doing and then we put some guides on there it's it's really our own kind of um unique flavor of river cruising Uh, whether that's with guides or with Nat Geo you have your experts come on board and really deliver this kind of enriching layer as well Um, so it's a beautiful partnership we work very well together Um, and really just again expanding that river cruise opportunity to families is is really we were kind of really a pioneer in that space so we're excited
0: yeah I mean the exciting thing when you hear Adventures by Disney and Nat Geo is this this idea of a layer layers of Education that's on top of just not just sort of dropping you off on a port and sending you off on your own, but, but you sort of bring that education and cultural enrichment aspect to not just adults, but the junior adventurers as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in different ways, right? So with National Geographic... Um, it's really that expert piece. So on your river cruises with National Geographic, you'll have two National Geographic experts. One will be kind of a, a subject matter expert. Usually with river cruising, it's a, it's an author or historian. Um, you're really going to get a deep dive through lectures. So that's a little different, too, right? On National Geographic, we actually have lectures. Um wonderfully engaging lectures. Uh, and then the second expert would be a National Geographic photography expert, which I have to tell you, having experienced twice now, um, I didn't think I was really, like, that bad of a travel pho- to <laughs> photographer. And then I went on these, and I realized I was. Uh, but I got so much better. And And we can talk a little more, but but just you're getting those two experts um, while still getting all the other great storytelling off the ship as well, and photography walks, history walks. Um, and then on the Adventures by Disney side, you know, it's a little more um, – you know, the guides are bringing that kind of Disney energy and and fun. And when you have families and making sure everybody's engaged and Janae talks about flexibility of scheduling and everything. And so it's just, they're both wonderfully enriching and educational, just kind of in a different, slightly different way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because I'll say, I have to imagine there's a lot of similarities, but yet some differences that might make one person want to choose, I hate to call it a product, but choose one of the products or one of the adventures over the other.
2: No, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, we are both travel companies. And while we are all linked now as National Geographic Expeditions is under the Disney portfolio uh, with Adventures and Expeditions, an Adventures by Disney trip is still very different from a National Geographic Expeditions, which is one of the great parts about having two very different companies that on the surface seem to offer a surface product because you can look... You, know, you don't have to do a too deep a dive <laughs> to really see which one really appeals more to you and which will work better for your family. And again, it's not to say that you have children, you have to go on adventures by Disney or, you know, you're just you're only adults and you have to go on National Geographic expeditions. They both work. It really is just what works best for you. How do you want a vacation and what do you want to get out of your vacation? You know, people often think, well, I'm going on vacation and thinking it's just to rest. But you get so much more out of it when you actually learn, and when you you know whether it's just how to take a better photograph, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which seems yeah, yeah, it seems surface level, yeah, but then you think, yeah. my gosh, there's a lot I need to yeah. learn here <laughs> Before, you know,
4: for instance, on the Danube, you know one of the experts you know I never thought I needed to learn about the ecological challenges facing the Danube, sure, in a in a very kind of structured, interesting way. That's a National Geographic expedition. Look at it, right? Um, on the Adventures by Disney side, it's learning about how people live and and run an apricot farm. It's just yeah. it's just this slightly different view of it, um, you know. And so it's you can learn
0: a lot on either trip. Uh, just a different style of learning, I would say.
2: Absolutely, yeah. 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 What do you want to learn about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: And I think that's that's fascinating. And again, it's sort of the similarities and differences between taking a Disney cruise, for example. There's not a big theater. There's not shows with Mickey and things like that. This is, it's this it's a similar type of level of service of expectations being exceeded experience, but without that type of entertainment, but there's activities and things like that on board, whether you do Nat or whether you do adventures by Disney, both for kids and for adults.
2: Absolutely. There's, Oftentimes, pretty much every night, I'm trying to think. Very few exceptions to to it, uh, when we don't have some kind of uh, local nighttime entertainment coming on, which is great because we we come back from our afternoon activities. Everyone gets to kind of clean up, have a great dinner, wherever you are on the ship, <laughs> uh, and then everyone comes together for some amazing local entertainment, whether it's it's singers or dancers or performers. And then it's time to go to bed because big day tomorrow. Doesn't matter where we are, it's big day tomorrow.
4: <laughs> I enjoy the trivia. There's usually like trivia, and I'll say. Uh, obviously, and again, that's where you'll see a difference. Adventures by Disney is going to be a little more Disney focused. The National Geographic Expeditions trivia is challenging,
2: um, so you have to
4: pay attention if you want to win throughout your trip. I mean, it it gets it gets serious, uh, but but it's still fun, right? It's it's a really exciting way to kind of check in on what you've experienced while in a really fun way.
0: And it's you mentioned and we'll come back to it. You mentioned the photography. I there's a couple of people who are coming on our on our group trip in December. Who are like I'm going for the photography, like I'm bringing all my gear, and like I want somebody <laughs> to like, you know, show me the way. Uh, I want to be my, you know, a padawan to to the experts in the shows, because you have this incredible opportunity to visit these destinations and want to make sure you capture it the best way possible. And I think that's that's one of the things too, for the for both of these, the Nat Geo and, and Adventures by Disney River Cruises, the ports are the stars, right? The the ports are the destinations. You talked about the. The joy of being able to walk in, unpack in your your stateroom, and again, a lot of staterooms have balconies and and whatnot. But you wake up every day, for the most part, you're in a different port. And again, like unlike some of the um, Disney cruises, these cruises are are normally longer, right? There's no three-day river cruises, right? They're they're longer experiences. Talk a little bit about um, the the different ports, and I know we'll we'll talk some about some of the different destinations, but how the unique cultural experiences and the ports that have been obviously very carefully selected are really the stars of both voyages.
2: Absolutely. And it, it's a great blend of places you probably know and places that you probably don't. And I think that's that's kind of the magic of it. You've heard of Vienna, but have you heard of Melk? You know, you have heard of Budapest, uh, but have you been ever to Rikvir or Rudessheim? How many people have been in and out of Paris, but maybe not Givenchy or, you know what, a place like Normandy, a place that we have heard about so many times, whether it was in school or, you know, family history or anything and being able to actually go and I'm getting a little lumpy thinking about it, being able to actually stand on the beach at Normandy and being able to hear our local experts talk about it. And I'll tell you, we have had a lot of veterans that have come and joined us on our Seine River cruise. And it's incredibly emotional because I'm sure we've had some that haven't chosen to say anything, but many have. And it just is an incredible moment to share that this person that you've been having dinner with and going on these activities with is opening up about a, a part of their history. And when they were last on the beach in Normandy. Stop, you're making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together. So, but it's it's truly, I mean, everyone's just, yeah. you know, typically weeping at that point, but it's a a wonderful, cathartic sharing. And it's it's such a an amazing thing to be able to have that kind of experience and to be able to bring people back in a positive way and to be able to share in a positive way where they are now based on where they were so many years ago and it's that's part of their story and now it's part of everyone's that was with them
0: well it's it's what i love about this and like you know when you do the adventures by disney you everybody does form a bond right because you have and then the stories that are being shared are not just the ones from the destinations or the guides, but from each other um, as well. But let's talk a little bit about the opportunities for excursions. You mentioned earlier before that that you really have your choice in terms of, it's like you're old, you know, you are you guys are too young to remember the create your own adventure books. But it, it's, it really is sort of making your own adventure and adventuring the way that you or you and your family want to talk about some of the the different types of options that are available.
2: Absolutely. There are often some that are a little more uh high impact. <laughs> you know, again, whether it's It a, sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted I'm sitting down. So <laughs> uh but whether it's a, you know, a bike ride or a uh a zip line or a hike or something like that, but if you're like me, exhausted thinking about that <laughs> when I'm sitting here, uh, then there are certainly other other options. So, you know, maybe you do get to go to explore Shundron Palace. Maybe you go to an apricot farm. There are all sorts of different activities that are different levels for everyone. So there really is something for everyone. There's always that path on the Choose Your Own Adventure book that you think, okay, this is what I would do. There's always something that, that you would do. And honestly, these are great ports. We're typically right, right there. So even if you're thinking, you know what? I just kind of want to wander. I want to have, you know, truly choose my own adventure and just wander around myself. And then maybe I'll come back for lunch and then join an afternoon activity. You can do that. There's no problem with it. And you can absolutely walk around and explore some of these towns, tiny or large, by yourself, which is just a cool other option that a lot of people do to take us up on
0: so you can be guided or sort of do do it on your own
2: Absolutely. i think
4: that's what's different than ocean ocean cruising as well right mm-hmm. In a lot of ocean cruises the ports are kind of these big intimidating places you're stopping at, you know even in a city like Vienna where we stop you can easily get a taxi or an uber or something to take you into the town um, or even walk around where you are and then that's the big cities and you get to these little charming cities uh, Les Andelis, um, you know, all these little stops where you can just hop off the ship and kind of walk around. Um, it's really good for multi-generational families as well, I think, because, again, Janae talked about when you have a big family, everybody wants to do something different and nobody has to stress about it, which is really
0: great. And like the Adventures by Disney, you know, I'll call it the, the, the land products, there's also sometimes special access, right, to museums and sites and events and, and obviously the the experts who are in the field, too.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. We, you know, we do try to have private experiences wherever we can, or whether it's in early access, or it's just us in a place, you know, things like that. And I think that that's important, because it's not about just saying, oh, we're here and you're not. It's about being able to have the actual experience there and not feeling like you're being pushed around or having to walk around other people. I mean, sometimes there are places that we go where there are just <laughs> there's going to be other people there. But it is nice when it's a private activity, when it's a private event to be able to experience on our own, even if it's just having our own private guide, so that you feel comfortable asking questions and being able to have a small group with one local expert as opposed to big giant massive groups that you see going around where everyone's just kind of being funneled it it really does make a big difference in what you actually take away we're not taking you there just so you can walk around and say well that's the morning we want you to hear the story we want you to learn like i said we want all your uh, senses to be engaged and if you're not how much are you really taking away why are you here if you're not going to remember anything in two hours
4: yeah and i think and then you know the expert piece for the netgeo side is really is really great that's the access we have to professionals who have lived in these places who have studied these places whatever that connection is and then the photography piece as well the other you know certain things we're able to get access to in vienna on in certain cruises we actually get into the vienna natural history museum and actually go behind the scenes with someone who has who was a grantee sorry a grantee of the national geographic society at some point and so even even nat geo gives us that little bit of access behind the scenes throughout the
0: europe yeah and that's the other thing, too. I always try and explain to people, having taken both domestic and international adventures by Disney's in the past, the guide is not farthest thing from it's not. It's not a babysitter. It's not somebody who is there with you. They are incredibly knowledgeable about the destination. Uh, they're incredibly personal, personable. Uh, because, but there's also that element of Disney. There's this element of when I say safety and security, I don't just mean sort of physical safety, but sort of knowing that. If something goes wrong, they're there to take care of it. If you need special help um, or special access, special assistance, they're there to, to give you those things. It's almost like having, especially in, a, in something where it, it's it's a small number of people, like an like, almost personal concierge and almost personal guide. And, and having just come from Italy, again, with, with Dusty and Marco, they made the trip. I mean, the guides are the things that we sort of continue to walk away from, really feeling they are making their trip. And I think sometimes too when people are starting to travel or have never traveled internationally, there's there's sometimes a little bit of a hesitation or fear factor. I don't know, I'm not gonna be comfortable, do I know the language? Having those guides with you offers a a, a very wonderful, very comforting like security blanket around you. And the fact that they're they're Disney guides, or Adventures by Disney and not Geo Guides enhances that even more.
2: Absolutely. I mean they are a big part of Kind of our actual real life magic on, on each of the trips. And the language thing is an important thing. So, you know, we typically have at least one U.S. guide and then one guide from the destination, which is kind of fun on the river cruises because we visit so many destinations. So you could have uh, adventure guys that are French. You could have adventure guys that are German. You could have adventure guys that are Hungarian. And it's, it's great to be able to learn from them about what it was like growing up in these countries, what it is like to uh, get around, whether it's just going to school or being there as an adult, coming back, what their family histories are. And it's great to be able to learn from a local (laughs) as well, uh, because they'll often, you know, teach some key words, you know, when you're in different ports and it's, it's just a, it is a wonderful sense of security and storytelling and knowledge that we that we add. And the adventure guides are the ones that are watching over everyone. They're the fairy godmothers that are making sure that the magic happens. Uh, but also that everyone knows what's going on. So you don't have to ever wonder what's coming next. Where do I need to be? Anything like that. You should be able to just roll out of bed. No. This is where I meet my guide and what time, and everything else is taken care of. So everything is going to flow. The information is going to come. You don't have to worry. All you have to worry about is what am I going to wear today? We got you for everything else.
4: <laughs> and we want, when you talk about security and safety, it makes me think about our trips are really good for solo travelers as well, right? When we think there are a lot of people out there who want to do these things but are worried about doing it alone, um, between the guides and, you know, the, the two brands of storytelling we bring, you know, you're really going to feel safe and comfortable in the group. You're with like-minded travelers. Um, They've chosen this destination intentionally. You're going to have something in common. And we really try to, you know, Janae has alluded to this, create this sense of of togetherness and family of of kind of this group that's moving together. So if you're a solo traveler listening, by all means, we are great, great. We welcome you. Um, You're going to be part of the family on any of these trips and really have a great time.
0: Yeah, for when we do our group trips, we always have a number of people that travel. Because, again, there's that built-in sort of comfort level. So, okay, we've talked about these trips and the ships and the guides in sort of very wide, loose terms. We're now sort of envisioning, we get up in the morning, we throw open, you know, our drapes. And every morning there's a different destination out in front of us, right? Just like I'm picturing the Instagram story as as I say this. (laughs) But let's talk specifics, right? Let's talk about some of the different destinations that both Adventures by Disney and Nat goes to on the river cruises. (laughs)
2: As <laughs> yes, Hunter and I Stare at yeah. each other <laughs> So Well I know uh, for, for the Danube um, One of the amazing things Is going to You know To Hungary To going to All, all over Austria I mean we really go All over <laughs> Austria um, And of course Either starting or ending in Germany, depending on which direction. Which that's kind of something fun with uh, with the Danube is which direction is it going in? Because it goes back and forth. You know, we go up the river, we have to come back. So, uh, so you do have to be careful about are you starting in Budapest or ending in Budapest? Uh, but to be able to go to all of those places is incredible. And then you've got the Rhine, which is uh, primarily focused on Germany and France, and of course the Seine is France. So, <laughs> uh, but to be able to. Uh, experience all of these different destinations and at different times of the year too because the same destination can be very much not the same <laughs> depending on what season you're going in while the bulk of our season is in the summer we have adult exclusive departures for both uh, the Rhine our food and wine on the Rhine <laughs> and our Oktoberfest Danube uh, sailings that are again just adult exclusive so 18 plus and then we have our holiday Christmas market uh, sailings and our magical holiday sailing on the Danube which is when you are there are in Austria for New Year's (laughs) Eve thank you very much where else would you want to be it's incredible so being able to be there in the summer is wonderful and amazing it's a great way to spend summer break but being in some of these little towns in the winter is it's like walking into Christmas card it's like being in a fairy tale there these are a lot of these places are tiny medieval towns um or to Hunter's point about Vienna it's a big city but it doesn't feel like a big city and being able to see it with the snow and decorated and it's just it is absolutely magical it feels like you have walked into the pages of a fairy tale or like one of those you know, kind of glittery Hallmark cards you know, <laughs> with, with, the, with the snow and everything that you can buy the blank ones. That's totally what it looks like. But for real, it seems like like something you'd see at Epcot. But again, it's real life.
0: So if somebody's starting to think about, wait a minute, I might be interested in a river cruise. Are they seasonal or do they run all year long? I mean, could you go on a river cruise in the summer as well as choose a river cruise in the winter? Or are there certain types of times a year?
2: Uh, there are definitely some t- certain times of year that we that we have them, but primarily the summer kind of Mayish to Augustish, <laughs> and then September, October are when those adult exclusive ones are going to be happening. And then, of course, December and kind of for the magical holidays one leaking into the beginning of January for um, for the holiday and magical holidays. Janae's
4: absolutely right. I mean, what do you you want to experience? In the autumn, some of these, you know, the vineyards in the Wachau Valley in autumn are beautiful. The leaves are changing color. Um, Christmas, Janae, we could talk about Christmas all day, and hopefully we will. And in Vienna, especially, um, it's beautiful. Um, You know, the Rhine is a really great opportunity. So National Geographic Expeditions is on the Rhine and the Danube. We also have a really cool uh, sailing in the spring in Holland, Belgium. So if you like tulips... (laughs) <laughs> that's when you want to be there. So you're sailing through Holland and Belgium, you've got windmills, you've got tulips, you're learning kind of about the agricultural, the floral piece of it, as well as kind of getting that cultural um, element as well. Um, you know, I think, you know, I could talk about Australia forever. I also love about river cruising too, when you think about where it goes, what's other than the Seine, which is one country, you know, these other cruises are touching many, many countries, and you don't know what place is really going to call to you. I have to say, Austria was never really on my list, but it, it calls to me now that I've been a few times and you don't know what you're going to discover on these river cruises. Um, Vienna is a really special city I would have never visited on my own. Um, but it is, it is something spectacular. Um, and I've been there different times of year now and and just, that's what's really cool too. You know, the Rhine goes all the way from Germany up to Amsterdam. So you're getting very different cultures and languages and everything as you go Uh, food. Um, Strasbourg is one of the most beautiful cities as well on the Rhine. Um, And even between, you know, Adventures and National Geographic, you know, on the Danube, we may have slightly different stops. So, for instance, the the, um, National Geographic Danube River Cruise stops in Weissenkirchen, which Adventures by Disney is not. Just different reasons, different stories we're telling, different, you know, but, you know, it's it's, these little cities you can. and, And so that's cool, too. So you also can choose both. You don't have to choose one or the other. Right. It's just a slightly different way to experience it. So Danube with Adventures by Disney come back do Danube. Uh, Christmas markets with National Geographic Expeditions with Lou. there's lots of lots of things to discover and you only have to unpack we we'll so just keep saying that.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a big win. Yeah. It's a big yeah. win, yeah.
0: Just bring lots of batteries for your camera and yeah, I was <laughs> gonna <to> say lots <laughs> of film for <laughs> your camera. Your right? <laughs> yeah, right. Film, yeah, yeah.
4: You can bring it. The the photography experts will know how to handle film, so uh, they'll they'll be able to do that. So talk just
0: quick it. just quick sidebar with with the photography because I think for a lot of people it really is a, a, a very much of, of an attractor. So there's a guy that is specifically focused on going with you on, on excursions or teaching you on board? How does, how does he work?
4: Yeah, so across the National Geographic Expeditions portfolio, we offer photography experts on different trips. So you can go on land. I've had the, the privilege of uh, experiencing one on a Morocco expedition as well as the Danube holiday Christmas, uh, Christmas market cruise. Um, yeah, they are they are photography experts that have either maybe worked for National Geographic magazine, so published cover photographers, um, edit, photo editors, National Geographic Traveler magazine, um, award-winning true, uh, you know, artists and, and technical photographers. And so not only is their um, art amazing, but these are amazing people that have lived a life that you, you know, you, you don't dream of like just the stories they have to tell being embedded somewhere, telling this story through photography. And, that, and photography is a huge, huge pillar of national geographic, right? It's, it's a major um, investment in what they do. It tells that story. And so what they invite you to do is learn how to tell that story yourself. And what, and what I love, I do not have a camera. Camera, um, we—it's funny. We got on the Morocco trip, and she asked, "Who here has a camera?" And nobody raised their hand. And she pulled out her phone. The photography expert It's like, "You all have a camera." Spent the entire trip teaching us how to be better with our phones. Um, you don't have to have a camera. Camera, you're going to walk away learning things. Now, if you have one, you're going to get probably special time with the expert. Like, and that's the other thing too. It's great about a river cruise—you're on the ship; they're with you all the time. So even if it's not during a lecture or out on a walk, they usually kind of set up office hours on the ship. You can go meet with them in the library and have a more one-on-one conversation. They'll look at your photos. They'll kind of say, hey, what if they'll teach you how to edit them on your phone, which was huge to me. I became a more intentional photographer, even just with my phone. I realized I don't have to take 300 pictures (laughs) a day. I can take two and, and, and deliver what I need to deliver. And, and then the big thing too, is to go teaching us how to go back and just delete things. Like, I mean, it's huge, you you know, you know, but but this is part of that work and just, you, I mean, you learn about composition, but in a really, really digestible way, like I understood what she was saying. I didn't have to, you know, and it, again, I, I became a better photographer throughout. And what's really cool too, is you see everybody else really getting into it. Like they teach you how to use reflections and you see people like on the ground using a puddle and like you know against a window and it's just it's such a fun spirit um and just but it is just fantastic and it and it's fun to come back and show people pictures and they're like oh my god did you take that picture I'm like yeah it's and this is how um and so it's it's just a really special but I, but i want to make sure everybody knows it's it's attainable for everybody you don't have to have a big fancy camera you can use your phone um, they love it. They talk about it. Um, they embrace it. so it's it's really, really something that is um, it's personal and attainable. yeah,
2: I think that's such a big thing, too, because people may not think, of themselves as photographers, but in the world that we live in today with social media, everyone's a photographer. This is how we share our lives. I mean almost everyone has some kind of social media, whether it's you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or, you know, whatever, everyone is taking photos and sharing them and putting their lives out there. So of course you want to be able to <laughs> do yep. it well and take yep. those great pictures that everyone says, My gosh, You'll did learn you how take to get that? All the
4: likes. You're get all the likes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's that's a huge thing just because you don't have to think, well I don't have the canon s2 mm-hmm. infinity and you know, yeah. you know all i've got is my yeah. iphone that's all you need or
4: like i'm not an artistic person or something right, mm-hmm. right. there are tricks there are tricks
2: <laughs> I, we'll I
0: mean it that. is and it's a great value add i mean it just that alone like i'm getting excited like because of i, I know i'm going to walk away with something i want to talk about the the christmas markets specifically but you you mentioned something too that i think is really important which is these destinations that end up becoming the surprises. Again, I'm referring to Italy having, you know, still just come off the the Italy trip. It was my trip of a lifetime, right? I was called to the Vatican. You see the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel in Rome and Venice. And when I had looked at the itinerary and I saw Orvieto, a, a town I had never heard of before, it was almost like a throw. I'm like, oh, I'll have to stop along the way, it may have been the place I fell in love with most that I want to go back to. Because one of the things I think that, that Adventure by Disney and Nat does is brings you to these surprise destinations and makes you understand it all of a sudden it, when I say it was an eye-opening experience like a literal and figure of eye-opening experience
2: Oh, absolutely. I bet you weren't expecting to see a, a massive striped church, were you?
0: <laughs> I had a lot of questions about the striped church. You're like, no, this is the way they used to do it.
2: <laughs> no, but but that's exactly it. And, and that's truly what I love. Like I said, I love the tiny towns and I, I love them partially because that's just, I'm a huge history fan and I want to know all about these little places and why they still are like they are, um, especially living in the United States where we we don't have places that are 600, 800 years old, you know, that have just still have their cobblestone. So I love kind of deep diving into the history of these little places and, and learning more about them. But being able to see the guests get to experience these places and watch that light of discovery in their eyes is, that's my magic. And that's what I absolutely love to see is people falling in love with places that they had never heard of two days uh, before. I, you know, I talk about the apricot farm and you know, I'm a huge fan <laughs> <laughs> because I know people are like, oh, we'll go on the Danube. It sounds fun. And and they're looking at things to do. And, oh, okay, the apricot farm, that sounds like a throwaway. And it is, in my opinion, just the best thing on the whole sailing. I mean, you go. And it's, as so many places we we try to go to, it's it's a small family-owned place. And we are typically greeted with glasses of apricot nectar, which I thought, oh, it's apricot juice. And no, no, I was corrected. It is apricot nectar. And let me tell you, it. It tastes like liquid sunshine. I don't know how else to describe it. And it just, it makes you happy drinking it. It is, it, yeah, it tastes like liquid sunshine. I don't know how else to describe it. And it's a great, great intro. And we end up uh, going out to where all the apricot trees are. And and this is something that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, I think it's an apricot, but there are different types. And the, the types in the Vakau Valley is... What is it? Trademarked. It's copyrighted. It's only there. It's only there. They're they're kind of small. They're very sweet. Um, Really good for baking. Good for making schnapps. Um, (laughs) and, And we get to learn all about that and how important it is to the region to have this unique type of apricot and to be out there in the fields. And it looks like you're in the middle of like a Bob Ross painting or something you know it's just you know happy little clouds and rolling hills and they're talking about oh you see those plum trees over there that's our neighbor and they're telling us all about that and if if the season is right then we can sometimes even take apricots right off the tree and eat them there while we're hearing all about it and then we go back to their teeny tiny little store and they've got a little room in the back end. Typically, the adults get to have a wine tasting and anyone that doesn't want wine or any junior adventurers, of course, get to have juice. But the cool thing is it's the exact same type of grapes. So just one's fermented, one's not So It's having, the, you know, kind of the same taste experience. Just, you know, whether it's wine or not so and gets their tasting. And it's great to see the junior adventurers like swirling the juice around, like, you know, seeing if it has legs and, <laughs> and having their little their juice tasting experience. Uh and then you know, just being able to get to kind of wander around and talk to the family and learn about their operation. And one of the coolest things that I ever saw happen there was usually it's the uh, one of the daughter in laws that's that's taking us around. She speaks uh, the best English, so she's usually with us. And she got talking to one of our uh, not quite junior ventures. You know, she's a tween um, who was making comments about how she just wanted to kind of spin around uh, like Maria von Trapp and sing in the, uh, in the fields. And she said, Oh, do you sing? And she was like, Oh yeah, you know, and she's like, just, just wait, just wait. And it just seemed like a throwaway comment. And I, I had forgotten about it. I think everyone had forgotten about it until at the end when they're walking us around their operation. And she's like, "Come, come in here, everyone. And took us into their distillery. And it's this, cave. I don't know how to describe it, you know, kind of at the back of the property uh, where they've got the big, you know, silver distilling equipment (laughs) set up and everything so they can make the schnapps. And she started telling us the story about how she loves to sing to her children and she likes singing to herself when she's in this room because the cave happens to have incredible acoustics. And she sang to us this Austrian folk song and it was i feel like i just keep getting all choked up it was one of the most incredible songs i've ever heard you could you could feel the music around you you could see it in the air it was just incredible and like most people didn't speak german but it was one of those things where you didn't have to understand the words to know what she was saying and this song was just haunting and incredible and beautiful, and then when she was done, she said, "Come over here to our our little tween," and she's like, "And now you sing." And she she was like, "What?" Yeah. You know? But they kind of conferred a little bit and she was like, yes, I know that one. And then they turned around and they sang when you wish, (laughs) when you wish upon a star. And we were all just drowning in tears. It was absolutely incredible. You could see the pixie dust in the air. It was amazing. And it was just something that was off the cuff. It was a a true magical moment just because she loves taking our groups around because they're so appreciative and so excited to see what her, her family does out in the middle of the Vacao Valley. And It was all anyone could talk about. It's something that happened in 2016, and I still think of it all the time because it was such a magical, wonderful moment. And I know it's something that everyone probably remembers forever, and I know that that girl thinks about it all the time. I know she does, just because it was such an incredible experience to be able to sing in this cave in the middle of an apricot farm.
0: That's the memory that she and her parents are going to take forever it's really
4: authentic right i think that's what we strive for that's why we go to that farm because this is a family that's living there and working there we go we go beyond kind of what the the beaten path um to bring that authenticity and just this is how this woman lives and she's very real Mm -hmm. um so you know all all throughout the rivers we're, we're trying to find those real authentic stories whether it's in a big city or a small um to really bring that um that and immersion too, right? Kind of really learning about how they live. Um, we want you to leave changed. Um, otherwise, there's not a lot of reason to take you, right? To tick off those boxes. We want you to be transformed and have these really special moments.
0: And authentic was continuing to be the word that I kept. Again, we talked about the farm in Tuscany. It like it it felt it felt so authentic. It almost felt like it almost that, felt like, like it was scripted. Like yeah. cue the dad. Yeah. Like cue, like it was it was absolutely. It was. It was perfect. Um, But let's talk about the the Christmas markets, too, because, again, I I admitted, honestly, that up until a number of years ago, I hadn't really known what a a river cruise was. I kept hearing people start talking about these Christmas markets. You need to go to the Christmas markets. And I'm like, I go to the Christmas markets. Target puts out their Christmas stuff in, like, (laughs) August. Like, I know what the Christmas markets look and feel like. And they said, no, it's the same thing. Like, until you've been there, you don't know, and you need to do a Christmas market river cruise. Tell me what makes this different, and more importantly, what makes it so special.
2: The first thing I think of is is the history. This isn't something that they just decided to start put on putting on a few years ago. These are the places that have been having Christmas markets for hundreds of years. Uh, just historically, the town square was always where the people would gather for whatever it was, and during the holidays, this was a place when they would set up stalls, when they would sell their goods that they had been working on. And it's something that continues on today. And so there's a lot of handmade goods uh, that you can, you can get all those little cool wooden ornaments. uh, In Germany, you can have, you know, whether it's mulled wine or hot chocolate, and there's nothing better than being cold outside and your nose is a little sniffly and it's kind of numb and then you get a hot drink and the steam and oh so being able to walk around with a hot drink uh getting yummy food whether it's strawberries on a stick (laughs) Uh, I we just we could talk about the food all day right the food of the christmas markets is amazing i mean anyone that's a foodie i would say love street food right i mean who doesn't love street food and that's what this is it's all Yummy local food. They're making it right there. And you just kind of eat and drink and shop your way through. <laughs> but it it really is like, okay, how do we take a fairy tale village and make it look even more like a fairy tale? And it turns out putting a Christmas market in it really does the trick.
4: I love that the, the communities are experiencing it too, right? You're not there with a bunch of tourists now, granted there are tourists, but sure. the real people who live there are actually out doing their Christmas market thing too, right? They're mm-hmm. celebrating, they're having glue vine and brats and everything. And it's, it's a really special experience from that, that way too, because again, back to that authenticity, like this isn't just a thing. Um, it's a really magical and, and it's, it's, it's steeped in history, as Janae mm-hmm. said, and a lot of, interesting, different history in different places, right? Because on you know, the river cruisers, remember, you're going to go through different countries. So you're going to get a slightly different version of these markets. Um, you got big city markets. You learn that Vienna has like 26 markets. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It truly is a cultural... Uh, phenomenon there. Like it's, it's not just like, you know, Chicago has one, like has one, right. Um, these, these are like these mega, mega things. Um, the, yeah. And then you have like the Chris, was it Chris, Chris Kindle the, oh, yes, like the, the, Chris the little, Lounge, the yes. little, yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just amazing. And I think, um, whether small or large, Janae mentioned the shopping, you know, you're learning about the prune people they make in Germany out of like forgot, dried, made out of mean. dried prunes <laughs> and dried apricots, like yes, these little weird things you're going to find and that are fascinating and magical, um, and it's their, so not only that's their Christmas tradition, right? We all have Christmas traditions around the world.
0: And so that was the word that kept sort of, you're, yeah. you're
4: learning about what their traditional take on it is. And, um, and you really wish you're like, gosh, I wish my hometown had this. Um, it's really fantastic. And sometimes it'll snow as you're walking through the market. It's, it really is a, is a, you know, the, the, and when you learn about the photography expedition, you learn what time of day, uh, the sky is a certain color blue wow. to make the Christmas lights the most um to pop the most and it's the blue hour and it's around like four thirty. like you learn that's that's a trick right go take a picture at that time of the christmas lights or the tree with the blue sky in the background and 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 you just capture it it's amazing
2: even just the way different different towns decorate, mm-hmm. I found was interesting because that's obviously steeped in their culture as well and what their holiday traditions are. Uh, I had I remember hearing something about the teddy bears before going to Strasbourg. Was not prepared for mm-hmm. giant teddy bears <laughs> De- decorated uh, decorating all of the uh, the streets for Christmas. So, but it it really was just kind of fun and it was it was a unique thing to be like did everyone see the bears go look at the teddy bears meanwhile vienna's
4: <laughs> got whole avenues with these giant chandeliers hung yes, up down the street like yes. huge 30 foot chandeliers just just strung up down the street i mean if you like christmas at all you gotta go it's Absolutely. it's just next level yeah
0: yeah i can't wait uh, I, I listen i could talk to you all day about this because <laughs> i'm fascinated and intrigued and i'm literally counting down the days till. Our, uh Danube Christmas market River Cruise, December 9th through the 16th go to wW.com not geo 23 to find out more and get a quote um, this has been so helpful and, and so fascinating to me um each of you both of you what would what would be the one thing you'd want to say to somebody who is considering a not geo or Adventures by Disney River Cruise experience or what you hope the guests sort of take away from 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 going on one
2: it's hard to narrow down to one (laughs) i'm trying to think what's the one thing the one thing i would say is do it you know i think kind of something that hunter alluded to a little bit before is that river cruising for some reason kind of early on seemed to get a reputation that it was only for maybe seniors you know and why that makes no sense <laughs> you know there's there's no restriction on going to these cities and seeing all these amazing places you don't have to be a certain age to want to see something incredible and it's totally accessible. Everyone can do it. It doesn't matter if you are a solo traveler, if you're multi-generational. I think they're really, really great for multi-generational. Uh, you know, everyone's right there. You know that the rooms are closed. So you can all unpack. You can um, experience different things together, you know, different combinations depending on the day. It's it's just a wonderful way to travel, and it's a wonderful way to see a lot of different places. And I think the the one thing that I hope everyone takes away is something that they didn't know before whether it's just learning a really cool fun fact about a place that sparks your imagination makes you want to learn more about something else I think that's the one of the coolest things is when you come back and you want to learn even more it wasn't just i took this nugget of information that's cool which is fine but when it spurs you on to want to learn more about a place or to experience something you know whether you just didn't realize you were good at this activity or what have you and so i I hope that everyone takes away something that they never knew about before and is spurring them on to want to do or learn more about it
4: wow (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. No, I was, that was one, like a really, broad one no, no, one, one, one thing, 100% was going to say river cruising is for everyone. It, it, Janae was absolutely right. It's not it, so a lot of people think it's for certain people, but our trips are active. They are fun. They are flexible. You can do so many different things. And, and I'll just call, you know, call back to my, my kind of falling in love with Austria. You will discover things that you didn't know you were going to discover because you were seeing so much, um, you know, you're gonna fall in love with an apricot farm. You're gonna salt. We didn't even talked about Salzburg. Um, oh, geez, my goodness, yes. that could be a whole other episode, <laughs> Lou. Like there, there are just these cities that 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 will call to you. Um, and you're and you're literally parking like in them, um, and so it just takes all that stress away, and your family can have a wonderful time. You and your friends can have a wonderful time. You can have a wonderful time as a solo traveler. Uh, you know, river cruising is for everyone, especially with Adventures by Disney and National Geographic Expeditions.
0: Yeah, it. It is um having again only done the Adventures by Disney so far, it, it is eye opening experiences. I I tell people all the time the best way to learn about the rest of the world is to visit it. Um it's an educational opportunity, it is a cultural opportunity, it is a culinary opportunity, it is a photographic opportunity. Uh and I look forward to our cruise and, and Janae and Hunter, thank you both so very much uh for your time and your expertise and for sharing so much. I'm gonna leave each of you with one quick question. Um I still believe in ladies first. I'm going to just give you two words today. Grandma Disney.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. I'll try to make it as, as short as possible. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the family atmosphere and how everyone comes together and, uh, multi-generational travel. And, uh, during one of our sailings on the Rhine, we had a family, a huge family, multi-generational. It was grandma was there with her four children, their spouses, their children. It was, it was a great, huge group. They were super fun people. And, Somehow, uh, very early on, all of our junior adventurers and teens and everything realized that I'm just going to call her Grandma Disney so I don't call her out by her (laughs) her actual name, um, realized that it was going to be her 93rd birthday while we were um, on the sailing and the kids started to conspire is the only way I can put it. And this was un- not something that was brought on by the adventure guides. It wasn't something that was driven by the family. It was just something that the children just grew to love this woman. She was the sweetest, kindest person I've ever met in my life. And they just absolutely loved her and all just kind of decided, we're going to do something for her birthday. And it was the last day, oh, last full day of the sailing. And so we're doing this big finale thing. And thank you so much. And It's been a wonderful uh, trip. And one of the teens came up and said, "We have, we have something. So, oh, great. Absolutely. Floor is yours. And... All of the kids, and I mean everyone, like we're talking 20 years old and younger, <laughs> everyone had gotten together and they had created this little skit <laughs> that they put on about, about their adventures over the week and everything that she got to do and celebrating her 93rd birthday. And they had all uh, gotten paper and written her birthday cards and tried to use like, you know, how to, write, <laughs> how to write happy birthday in German and in French and all this. And it was because it was like 50 kids of course it was the most disjointed <laughs> it made absolutely no sense and it was adorable and it was wonderful i mean i own a corgi i know adorable like this was the most adorable <laughs> thing i've ever seen in my life and everyone was just oh <laughs> uh, watching she was absolutely in tears and it was incredible and You know, we talk about having magical moments and there are some magical moments that are set. Like we know what they are. We know how to create them and what to do. There are many that are um, just by opportunity. We think, oh, this is a great opportunity. I can do something. What happened with the apricot farm and being able to sing. That was a magical moment that just came up out of nowhere. This was a magical moment that was created entirely by the guests themselves. I think the atmosphere is just ripe for it. Everyone wants to be a part of that magic and everyone wants to create that for someone else. And it's seen all of these junior adventurers and teens and everyone come together to celebrate this woman that they didn't even know a week ago. And to spend so much of their own time being able to put this together just to honor her was so heartwarming. And it was incredible. And anyone that thinks that you can't have a 150 person family (laughs) is incorrect, because we absolutely were and everyone just absolutely loved it. And I know that You know, while she's had many birthdays, I am confident that 93rd was a real special one for her. It was definitely special for all of us experiencing it with her.
0: And I wish people could see because, again, you're getting emotional. Like, you're (laughs) legitimately getting emotional. And and it's perfect because these types of adventures are about the emotions, they are about the memories that you're going to take with you. Hunter, I just told Janae that it's all about the emotions and the memories. We really know that it's not. Um, I think (laughs) you and I are very much in alignment. If I understand correctly, you're a bit of a foodie, a little bit of an amateur chef yourself. So, what is the one thing on my Christmas market river cruise on the Danube in December that I need to eat either on board and/or at a destination?
4: I'm going to say three things. Sorry, (laughs) Uh, because in Hungary, you know, a lot of yeah. I came home. I learned how to make goulash, which is a phenomenal winter kind of soup stew thing. Um, I think we all have think we know what goulash is, but you got to go learn how to make it. Lebkuchen, which is uh, kind of the traditional German uh, gingerbread, it is not like a little flat gingerbread man. It is more cakey. I would say Lebkuchen is probably the. You know, and I don't know if we're going to go to Nuremberg, but they have a certain kind of tosses any sausage you see anywhere at any Christmas market. That, that's me. That's all me. There's there's a lot of great. Um, and or if if you're vegetarian, there's usually um you know you probably end up on the sweet side of things. But um in Salzburg, it's all about Mozart and pistachios and and I mean it's just. I would just say anything you see, just get it. Um, and and if there's any, here's what I think is really cool. If there's anything on the ship you like, you can get it every day. Oh, you can just ask for it every day. So um, the the but I mean anything anything you see is good. And what's cool too about having guides, like you can ask, like should we go to this booth or that booth, and they'll tell you. So we got you covered. Um, yeah, mine's a little less. Well, it's food's emotional. Yeah, I get beautiful. very emotional, I get emotional with food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come back.
0: I'm going to wear a shirt that says body built by gingerbread yeah. and sausage. Yeah. So. Yeah,
4: that. <laughs> that gingerbread and sausage is a really nice, a really
0: nice tagline. <laughs> you can't go wrong. It's beautiful. You can't go it's wrong. So I'm going to have to integrate that into the description on the website somewhere. <laughs>
2: we want t-shirts made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mustard oh, the yes. mustard is key yeah.
0: yes <laughs> well thank you both so much this has been uh wonderful and fun and fascinating and and now of course that i'm hungry and and uh, and looking forward again to our cruise in december so thank you both so very much.
2: have fun and safe travels
0: thank you so much <laughs> 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 It's time for our Walt Disney World a Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. And what I mean is that being part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways. They're all thanks to, by, for, with, and about you and you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts and trivia quests, our group video calls every month, access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, early access and discounts to special events and much more. I am sincerely grateful to and for you and for the love and support and friendship and help you give me and the show. And I love being able to give back and thank you each and every month I want to say thank you once again to some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Rhea Kratzer, Brian Crawford, Trip Jacobs, Jack Sousa, and Katie Selva. If you want to learn more and join the Nation family and help support the show, you can visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's trivia question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I had just gotten back from our amazing Adventures by Disney trip to Italy. I promise I have a full recap coming very, very soon. So I wanted to head over to the Italy Pavilion in Epcot for last week's trivia question because I was in pizza and pasta withdrawal. Anyway, the architecture in the main sort of front facing area of the Italy Pavilion closest to the promenade with the bell tower and palace is based off of which Italian city? And thanks to so many of you who entered, got this one correct, and some of you who shared some of your personal memories of visiting the city of Venice. And as many of you demonstrated, you know, the city of Venice is represented with replicas, much smaller, by the way, of the Doge's Palace and the St. Mark's Campanile. And so I took all the correct entries, and again, there were a lot of them. And oh, by the way, if you listened to our show from the archives on Thursday, where we did the walk around of the Italy Pavilion... You could have gotten the answer to last week's trivia contest. But I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WWDO mug, pin, and a mystery prize, which is from my trip to Italy. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Mandy Zimmerman. So Mandy, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, did you know that there are secret menu items at many locations throughout Walt Disney World? That's not the trivia question, it's more of just a rhetorical question, but did you know that there are a lot of secret menus that you can access in counter service, table service restaurants throughout the parks and resorts, but one may or may have been the most fun? Because what special device must you use in order to access the secret menu at Disney's All-Star Movies Resort. There's a secret menu in the food court there, but you have to use a special device in order to access it. What special, fun, retro, nostalgic device must you use to access the secret menu at Disney's All-Star Movies Resort? You have until Sunday, April 9th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on the podcast, use the form there, and again, this week, you're going to play for a WW Radio mug, pin, And why not? One more mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you once again for taking the time to join me this and every week. Thanks again to our friends from Adventures by Disney and National Geographic for joining me in Epcot Center in Germany early morning this past week to talk about river cruising. I'd love to know from you, have you ever been on a river cruise and what was your experience like? I'll post this question over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse where you can come and be part of the community and conversation. If you're interested in joining us on our WW Radio Group Nat Geo Expedition, Danube Christmas Markets River Cruise, you can visit www.radio.com slash natgeo23. If you want to connect with me on social, I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show. Or call the voicemail, be heard on the air at 407 9391 That's 407 wdw one Visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events for other group cruises, adventures by Disney, on-the-road events, and meet of the month. Which, by the way, is going to be Friday April 14th the night before our WW Radio Cruise on the Disney Fantasy I'll post details on the WW Radio page on Facebook as well as in the WW Radio Clubhouse on Facebook please visit the all new completely updated Lumonjello.com to find out how I can help you whether it's by turning you love into what you do with one on one coaching small group masterminds or coming to speak to your conference event business or school you can also learn more about my upcoming Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World this fall Again, that's by visiting loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. It's who I love. It's who I recommend. It's who I use because it's who I trust not just for our WWE group events, but I trust recommending them to you for not just the best possible prices and all available discounts, but it really is about the incredible level of personal attention and service that every one of the Mouse Fan Travel advisors gives to their clients because they don't just treat them like friends, they treat them like family, and their services come all at no cost to you. You can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote by visiting mousefantravel.com. Also, very quick thanks to everybody who came out to MegaCon in Orlando this past weekend and sat in on the panel that I hosted about living your Star Wars story and the history, current state of, and the future of Star Wars in the Disney parks. Thanks also to Ryan Donahoe from The Force Cast, Jeremiah Good from Laughing Place, and my son Nicholas from my house for joining me on the panel. I sincerely appreciate everybody who came out. We had a great turnout, super interactive, lots of great questions and feedback. So thank you very much to everybody who came. I posted a quick recap video on my Instagram and my Facebook. And finally, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please share the show and tell a friend. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. If you're listening on your mobile device, take a screenshot of your podcast player. Share it on social. Tag me at Lou I'll reshare it and follow you back. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over in Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful. Very much appreciated. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Route66Bus, who says, it's my go-to Disney podcast. I'm normally a Disney history buff. And listen to those podcasts primarily but when i need my current disney fix i turn to lou and the ww nation not only does lou share what's going on today he blends the history of the company superbly with the latest and greatest and such a joy to listen to each and every week positive uplifting and hilarious a bright spot i look forward to every week thank you route 66 bus and thank you my friend for spending and sharing your time which i know is so incredibly valuable with me for your friendship for being part of the community. If there's ever anything I can do for you, please reach out to me and let me know. But in the meantime, always remember to choose the good, to find the good in everything and everyone that you encounter. Be kind, patient, polite, and courteous. I promise it has this incredibly positive ripple effect on other people. I look forward to seeing you this Wednesday night at 7.30 on the WW Radio live show from Walt Disney World and back here on the show again next week. So until next time... I love you. I appreciate you. See ya.
1: Hi, Lou. This is Tom Free in Manhattan. I just wanted to call because uh, in a Wednesday night live discussion, I believe on Ash Wednesday, um, you talked about the movie Tron and its sequel, Tron Legacy, and you suggested uh, watching it in anticipation of, of the official opening of the Tron attraction at the Magic Kingdom. And I'd never seen either movie, though I I'd always been curious about the original Tron, but for for whatever reason in all these years I could just never get myself motivated to sit down and watch it. But I trust your opinions. And uh so I finally watched both of those movies this weekend on Disney Plus. And I wanted to acknowledge you and thank you for that spark because it it was significant. First I was I was just astounded uh, at what the original Tron accomplished visually, uh, you know, back when computers were really creaky in 1982. And I, I still can't believe they did accomplish, they achieved that in 1982. What it, what the movie may lack in storytelling is, is really pretty secondary to that. But what really made it significant for me was finally seeing, uh, what is so obviously an important a uh, creative milestone, certainly for, for Stephen Lisberger, who wrote and directed it, but uh, uh, also for the Disney company, who had the vision to get behind it, behind the project, even when others were rejecting it. Um, I was also struck by something Mr. Lisberger said in the extra segment on Disney Plus when he was looking through old production photos at the Disney archives with his son, and he said when they were making Tron... Uh, the original Tron. Some of the old timers, as he called them, around the studio, were saying the project was making them feel the way they felt when Walt was around the studio, uh, because it was very much new territory and experimental filmmaking, and that was exciting to hear, uh, because the company, even quite a few years after Walt had died, was still struggling to find its its footing um, creatively and probably in, in all ways. So. I guess the moral is creativity ultimately wins. Creative minds win, uh, even though it may take uh, take a while, take a few decades. Um, hopefully, less time than that. So, anyway, thanks for the inspiration. I um, I appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. Take care. Bye. Hey, Lou.
5: This is Chris from Hudson, Ohio, and I'm here at Disney Hollywood Studios and looking at. Pizza Rizzo and uh, was thinking about episode, what, 671 where we're theming the restaurants and I'm thinking what if the electric mayhem was playing inside of what would be a Muppets themed um, restaurant here at Disney Hollywood Studios. Just throw it out there. I think that'd be really cool. Just like Sunny Eclipse at Tomorrowland. We could have the electric mayhem playing. That'd be awesome. All right, have a good day. Hello, I'm just listen to your podcast on the expansion or the past, present, and future on the frontier land, And then one of the ideas that I thought you guys would be interested in and talking about was kind of spinning off of Kendall's idea on just totally doing the re-theme towards the move to the south. And the only reason why I think that would work is if you were to tie in a villain island, Or something along those lines. Since there is a river that you would have to cross to get there, you could actually do it where you're moving south to the southernmost point, and then you take a boat into an island, which is the Island of Villains, which could be inhabited by pirates, because that would be the Caribbean, and you can spin it that way as well so that you do more of the pirate scene with villains. Um, Just an idea, just something you guys can talk about. Love your show, Lou. Love your guests and love all the content you, you create. Thank you.
3: Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison again from Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I'm watching Adventures Through the Walt Disney Archives, and I am watching the part where Richard Sherman is playing Feed the Birds on Walt's piano, and I am in tears. <laughs>
1: it's terrible.
3: If I could have just a tenth of the ingenuity and the know-how and the drive that Walt had, I will have the most successful life and business of all time. Like, I can't even fathom. If I had met Walt, I'd probably be like, I I don't even know. I'd probably pass out. (laughs) I'm going to the um, Franklin Institute, which is not far from my house. On April 15th, you guys will be starting your cruise uh, to Bermuda. Um, but April 15th is my birthday. I will be 48, and I'm going to go to lunch, and then I'm going to the... 100-year exhibit at the Franklin Institute with my 100-year Mickey ears on, my 100-year shirt on, my 100-year Magic Band Plus on. People are going to think I'm nuts, but I'm going to be in my glory, and I already told my kids that you will probably see your mother cry on that day. It's almost like going to Disneyland for me, as close as I can get to Disneyland without actually being there. Um, I'm so excited, but, um, I just had to call and tell you guys, like, it's really this, this documentary, documentary is insane. You've got to watch it. Like it gets me so excited. And if you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, it really just like Walt is my idol. Like I'm trying to base my entire existence around Walt which is a really tall order and something he probably never would have wanted. He did not think of himself as this way, but he's inspired so many people, all of us, and it's, it's amazing. Um, anyway, it is, again, Friday night, and um, I just called, so I'm calling again. So, <laughs> Everybody make someone smile, and have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Bye.